this morning, and for those of you who are in person, those who are watching by live stream this morning, we praise God for you. I don't know about you, but we are excited to be in the house of the Lord yet one more time. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel like praising the Lord this morning. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 100, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that he, the Lord, he is God. It is he who have made us, not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The word says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Come on, somebody. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures for all generations. Those of you who are in person, why don't you stand with us this morning and let's praise him in song. Our help is in the name of the Lord.
in whose name? Our help is in whose name? The Lord. The Lord's name. Amen. 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 There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Let us pray. Good morning, Lord. Once again, we approach thy throne of grace on bended knee and bowed down. We pray, O Heavenly Father, for your thanks given. We pray, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ died on the cross for the remission of our sins. So this morning we come to celebrate in this season your son who has meant so much to each and every one of us. Bless the homes from which we have come. Bless those that are on live stream this morning and who would want to be here with us but are here in spirit. We pray, Father God, that you have allowed us to leave our burdens at the door. And the only thing you ask for this morning is for us. You ask for us. Nothing else but us. You don't care about our religion, but you care about our relationships. So, Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you during these times for the blessings that thou hast bestowed upon us. And as we come this morning, Father God, we ask that special blessing upon our pastor, who you have given a word. You've searched his heart. You know his deeds. And Lord, we ask that you touch him from head to toe. Allow him to preach with boldness because there's somebody in our midst that needs to hear a word. From the word, from the Lord. We pray, Father God, for those that might be in bereavement today. We pray, Father God, that you never leave them alone. Touch them right now, Lord, because they need you in a special way. Bless those families. Bless those that are in hospitals today, Father God, that need healing that only you can give. Your doctor, your lawyer, your mother and a father. So, Lord, on this day, we're going to praise your name. And we're going to praise you like we've never praised you before. Because it's in the blessed name of Jesus that we do pray. Let all say amen. 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 And amen. Let us remain standing for our scripture reading is found on the screen before us, and it is called Spiritual Warfare. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, as in the days not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill lusts thereof. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and sanctify it in your heart.
Let the church say amen. Amen. What a mighty God that we serve. You know, when we sing that song, to lift every voice, and you know, it's not just about the song, but it's also about us lifting our voices to deal with injustice that we have that uh, within uh, this nation and really within the world as well. So just thinking about how good God has been to each and every one of us. Amen. We are going to have our official welcome this morning by Sister Elaine and Brother Jimmy Johnson. Amen. Let's welcome them as they come. church family. How's everybody doing on this marvelous, beautiful Sunday morning that God has woken us up in? Everybody doing okay? You're all looking good. All right. Um, Van called me yesterday and asked me to do the welcome. And I said, sure. She said, you can say no if you want to. And I thought to myself, anytime somebody asks me to do something for God, if it's in my power, I'm going to do it. And when I say to you all, good morning, church family, I just wanted to tie a few things together for you. When we talk about family, we are God's children, so we are in the family of God. Since we are God's children, we are children of the King. So I started wondering, everybody talks about family, but it's kind of a buzzword. So I thought I'd go looking for the definition of family, and what I found was very interesting. There are three things that a family does. They stick together through ups and downs. Now, here's where it gets interesting. What a Christian family does is praise God together. They sing hymns to Him, they praise Him, and they read His Word. And I like that, because that's what we try to do here. We try to put God first in everything that we do. And I'm going to steal just a little bit of Reverend Hamlin's thunder here, and I'm going to say to you, you're missing out if you don't come to Bible study on Wednesday. It is a marvelous thing. The more we learn about God, the more we want to learn. So having said that, I was wondering if we have any visitors with us today. Hi. Would you care to uh, stand and state your name in your church home? No pressure. Marvelous. Thank you, Darren. Hopefully we will see you again. We're all family here. Uh, this lady here? Yes? Marvelous. It was Layla. Did I get that right? Layla. Welcome. Darren, welcome. We are so happy that you decided to join us today. 
And I also want to welcome those who are watching by live stream. Welcome into our service. Today is a special day. Not that every Sunday isn't a special day, but we're going to be fed spiritually today. And we're also going to get to fill our tummies right after the service. So hopefully you will be able to stay for that. I want to welcome all of you. And my husband will tell you about the saying that we have. Good morning. Thank you very well. No, I don't have to say it today. She says that. We have a saying. First time you visit, you pray. Second time you visit, you belong to all of us. That's the Reverend Hamlet. Whatever Amen. you have to do, he's going to have you do. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Amen. Amen. We want to thank Brother Jimmy and Sister Elaine, amen, for our welcome this morning. You know, our 2024 church theme, and we want us to really focus on this uh, for this coming year, this year that we are in. Matter of fact, the months are starting to roll by already. But our church theme for 2024 is that we are sharing God's love, amen. And that's what God calls us to do, to share his love. We pray that you'll take that theme to heart as we go through this year. Amen. Uh, also, this being our last Sunday uh, on our Black History Month, we've uh, really had a blessed time in thanking God for all of his blessings. We do want to invite each and every one of you after service today. We have a soul food celebration. Amen. We have some good old time cooks here at the church. And so, we would invite and encourage each of you to join us immediately after service today uh, in our fellowship hall uh, where we are going to break bread together. Amen. So please uh, put that in. If you plan on leaving, just stay for a little while. Amen. You certainly are going to enjoy yourself. Uh, we are moving back to our children's church uh, here at the church, which is going to start uh, on March the 10th. Uh, we have a number of classes for pre-K through grade uh, 2, grades 3 through 6, and then 7 through 12 uh, will take place the first, second, uh, the fourth, and fifth Sundays. On the third Sunday here at Second Baptist is our family Sunday, where we ask for everybody to stay uh, in the worship service so parents are able to teach their children how to sit in service. Amen and how to participate in worship service. So every Wednesday, parents, make sure that you have your children with you uh, here in the sanctuary and to worship together as a family. Uh, we are also still looking for a few more teachers. So if you are interested in uh, teaching one of our classes, you would only have to teach uh, once every other month uh, as we get the number that we are hoping to have uh, to serve as teachers. You can see Reverend Toller. Uh, if you would like to participate as a teacher. So mark that on your calendar, Sunday, March the 10th. Uh, after we give our offering, the children will be excused into Children's Church. Amen. Make sure, if you have not picked up your tax giving statement uh, for this past year, to make sure that you do so. Uh, they will be located outside in the foyer. So please make sure that you do that. Amen. As we think about giving, you know, the pandemic has changed a number of things, and even in terms of our giving and uh, trying to streamline things, uh, not having a lot of folks have to handle and pass things around. We know that COVID is still an issue. Amen. 
So what we have done here at the church is that for those of you who are in person, we have an offertory box that is located at the back of the church. So before you leave, just deposit your tithes and your offerings there. For those of you who are watching by live stream today, that you can certainly just click on the Tithely Giving button there on the website. That will take you to where you need to be. You can give your tithes and your offerings there, or you can mail them in. So we just want to thank God for each of you, and let's look to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we pray, God, that you would speak to hearts now as we look at giving, Lord God, realizing that everything we have, it comes from you. And so, God, we had asked that you would speak to our hearts now, Lord God, that Help us, Lord God, to realize, Father God, that if it had not been for you, where would we be? So we ask, God, that you would bless both the gift and the giver. Bless those who gave or will give and bless those who have a desire to give but had it not. Uh, Lord, help us to be the good stewards that you have called us to be, to be careful, to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. For we ask these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Let the church say, Amen. During the course of this month, we have had our moments in black history where we have had a special presenter uh, to come and to share with us. And we've had some of our members from Second Baptist Church over the last three weeks. And then on this Sunday, we have an invited guest with us. I just want to introduce our presenter this morning. He is Brother Danny Thomas. He is the executive director of the Peace Center which is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. He's trained in conflict management skills, both in corporate and nonprofit organizations. And his primary focus is reconciliation and bridge building, especially around the issues of racial, economic, and educational disparity. Prior to the Peace Center, Danny served in several communities in New Jersey as a pastor. And he has also worked in a multinational corporation, creating training strategies for employee growth and retention, as well as organizational development. Danny has served as a chaplain to a regional hospital in Jinja, Uganda, developing a partnership between caregivers and hospital staff to assure proper food and medical access. He's traveled to the Middle East with the Delaware Valley chapter of the Association for Conflict Resolution on a project designed to build bridges of listening between Israelis and Palestinians. And he has worked in South Jersey to build bridges between historically black and historically white congregation to help their community work against endemic poverty. Danny holds an advanced degree from Princeton Theological Seminary and a Bachelor of Science from Virginia Tech. He's also done other educational work, both as a learner and a teacher. And he shares Maya Angelou's philosophy that says that when you know better, you do better. So this morning, as he asked us to envision God's table, I hope that you will not only welcome Danny Thomas, but the information that he shares, even if it makes us uncomfortable or challenges what we think we already know, so that we can become our better selves, better neighbors, and better suited to God's needs in the world. Let us welcome Brother Danny Thomas. Amen. Amen, Reverend. 
Pastor Hamlin, thank you so much for the welcome, and thank you all for the welcome today and for inviting me to kind of pull the Peace Center in, but also to pull all of you into this worship. And brother, I appreciate in your prayer that God doesn't care about your religion, but your relationship. Because there is a broad, vast creation, and we're all each unique. One of the lines years ago used to be, you are unique just like everybody else. So, friends, today, as we talk about a place at the table, and I'm setting myself a timer so that I don't go into pastor time versus presenter time. Um, the, okay, that I see that head shake. That is one of the things that, as the Peace Center, we try to bring forward. Be your authentic self. Because you can do you better than anyone else, and don't try to be someone else. Because when we bring all of who we are to the table in honesty and authenticity, it allows other people a place to come and relate with us and to build those bridges. And I'm already off script. Uh, one of the other things that we say is get beneath the surface, and here's my take on it, don't be lazy. We have a program called uh, Building Bridges, Talking Across Divides, and it opens with this. How many of us remember when hello and how are you used to be two separate questions. Because now when you say hello, how are you, you're usually on the move, not waiting for an answer. So that's not a way to build peace, nor is it a way to build community. And especially if we, as a community of faith, we're not taking the time to even get to know folks and to offer. So when we talk about a place at the table, think about the table. So to begin with, we have to recognize, and my Bible's sitting over there, that when we open that Bible and start with Genesis, okay, what are the first words? In the beginning, in the beginning, God. So the table is set by God. So that's the spoiler alert. Hang on to that one because it's also the end of the story because the table's still set by God. Now, the other tidbit, anyone who claims to fully and completely understand what God has done, is doing, and will do, is participating in arrogant Hebrew. Politely saying they lie. Because none of us have the capacity as mere mortals to understand infinity. 
It's not within our ability or capacity. Yet we as people of faith say that God is above all things, God knows all things, and is through all things. So I just wanted to start there so um, we might ease into our discomfort as being uncomfortable. Because there might be someone who says, oh, I got it. I know all this. Well, it's a lie. And the authentic selves say, let's own this and let's learn and grow together. So many times as we're reading our sacred text, our scriptures, either in the Old Testament or New Testament, or if we're reading the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita, we have this tendency to put away our thinking, our growing, and our developing. Most times because we're so familiar with the stories. And sometimes when we get so familiar, we might even suspend logic when there are things that are just so familiar. Because we've heard them over and over. And we've trusted the messengers without question. Last month at a congregation, I was talking about our church traditions. And many of our traditions teach us that we don't question God. Personal story, this all started for me as a, I think I was about nine. And in Bible class, because every Thursday afternoon, all the kids of color went to the church and had Bible class. I grew up in a time right before global school integration in this country. So there were still black schools and white schools. And all of the kids of color, you know, we went to Bible study together. And in that story of Joshua leading the people, so this is after Moses, and they are circling the walls of Jericho. How many days did they circle? Seven. How many days are in a week? Okay, so what do we know about the Sabbath? Okay, so rest and relaxation and serving God. So um, what about this circling and walking for seven days? Bingo. Because they were serving God. But oddly enough, that's kind of where we are now. That was a question that the teachers couldn't answer at Bible study to a nine-year-old. So I was a bit inquisitive. They came and talked to my parents. Because... You know, you shouldn't ask those questions. My friends, you will only learn and grow by asking the questions. And the reality is, if you feel that you have to defend God or to protect God's honor, 
then you have made your God too small. I heard a, ooh, God need to say that one again. <laughs> you need to have a bigger God if you're to come under God's protection. You have to reverse the order because God sets the table. The thing is, after that, it becomes the story of humans. And God plays a role in it for the most part. But sometimes God's not the center of the story throughout our scriptures. So the goal of the Peace Center, as it should be with the church, is not to provide everyone with answers. The goal is to help us as humanity form the right So that you can think for yourselves, so that you then can help others around you. One of the lines with my congregations, I used to say, my goal and my job as the pastor is to equip you if your tradition has that you at the end of your days stand in front of God, that you will be able to answer because you're going to be on your own because I'm not dying with you. So the goal is for us to be able to answer the questions, to live life fully now, and to live life in the great beyond. So I want to get that out of the way before I bombard you with tons of information. Uh, and Pastor Hamlin asked about slides. I'm only using one because I didn't want us to kind of get busy trying to keep up with all of those slides. So we should look at Scripture as a framework to provide the survival skills for this generation and the next. A framework. Kind of like when you put the bed on the bed frame, which is lying on the flat. It is the framework to hold things up. So for this, remember that the story starts with God setting the table. And then we find that we, as humans, write in why the table was small, why certain people shouldn't be at the table, why it suddenly... From Scripture, okay to kill. And the words in some passages to kill, not just kill, but to utterly destroy certain groups of people who just so happen to be living in the rich, fertile land that God has favored you with. Ask the tough questions. God can handle it. And hopefully our hearts will grow so that we can learn to handle it. So in this country, um, part of the narrative was and still is uh, that the enslaved people came here with their animistic traditions, with voodoo and all those other pagan practices. And another part of that narrative was that people of color were not favored by God. 
remember I said that I went in a segregated school system. So in third grade, when they integrated schools, um, all students of color were put into the remedial classrooms. Yeah, that's a whole nother story in lecture. But it was also during a time when there was prayer and reading of scripture in school. So our third grade teacher, who did not look like me, proceeded to share all of the passages of why people were cursed by God, especially people of color, and would always be servants. Okay, so now here's an uncomfortable for you. Think about that the next time you are hearing folks clamoring about putting prayer back in school. One of the things that I say at the peace of it is, and you will especially love the days when it is turned, the turn for Muslim prayers. Because they pray five times a day. So isn't that great? Had you thought about that? Be willing to ask the tough questions. And it's not just about African American or black history. It's about history and life in general. So today I invite us into logic. I also invite, or I challenge you to look at Scripture through the lens of faithful sociology, God inviting us into society or into community with God, and as the brother said, in relationship with each other. Uncomfortable. First, recognize that in Genesis, there are two separate creation stories. And they don't align perfectly. In the second one, Adam, Adama, Hebrew pronunciation. And by the way, the word means dirt. Like if you've ever heard the word for the tennis courts that are made of clay, it's macadam, of Adam, of dirt. And Eve, Eva, comes from Hava, which means life. So you've got dirt and life. And in that story, the only thing that exists that God's created is earth, and there's no plant yet, but there's dirt. And then there's a stream rising. And so, Humans have written ourselves into the center of creation with God through the Adam story because Adam made everything with God as it's been made. Unfortunately, since then, we've been edging God further, further from the center. So here's why this is important to people of color. When you picture Adam or when you see the artist's renditions of Adam, you have a contradiction because most of the modern art of Adam does not look like me. It does not look like many of us. 
Do we picture Adam as a porcelain doll? You know, that white pale and clay that's used to make porcelain? That purest of porcelain? It's pretty exclusive to one region in China. So, if you're thinking logically, and if Adam looked like a porcelain doll, then obviously the Garden of Eden must be in China. And friends, that's what logic can do for you. Can let you recognize the, I don't want to use the word, I will use the word idiocy, when we talk about supremacy and who holds God's favor more than others. So further in scripture, and here's the one that my third grade teacher used. We find that after the flood, Noah curses the offspring of his son, Ham. The curse of Canaan. Anyone heard about the curse of Canaan? Okay, what do we think the curse of Canaan is? Some folks used it as the reason why there were people of color. That when when Noah cursed Ham, Canaan and Canaan's descendants would all become people of color. Because the follow-up is that Canaan and Canaan's offspring would always be servants of their cousins, their uncle's offspring. Now, if you actually pay attention to what's in Scripture, there is no mention of skin color or attribute. So friends, be willing to read and ask the tough questions. So when we talk about who sets the table, if God sets the original table, and then we, once we start writing ourselves into the story, and when we have the time to write the story, because remember, they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They weren't writing during that time. The stories came a couple hundred years after they settled. So we make ourselves the heroes in our stories. When you're talking to your friends, do we have the kind of gossip chat and suddenly you're the center or they're the center of the story no matter how bad or good it is? It's human nature. So So when we put ourselves in the middle and make ourselves the hero, we don't leave room for God. And we make the story so that the people who are good guys look like us and the people who are bad guys look like other people. So who sits at that table is totally dependent upon who is writing the story and who sets the table. So if you look logically at Scripture, especially Leviticus, you know, the one with all the rules. Do you sit at a table with lepers? (laughs) No, we don't sit at a table with lepers. There are almost 70 different passages of references to how pre-Jesus, we deal with lepers or people 
who have white spots or white skin. And they are not favorable. Didn't we just make a logical leap there? Right. So if the color and the reason to be put out of community is white skin, what's that say when you go to those Bible studies that say, okay, let's find our African heritage in the Bible? No, friends, it's all about your African heritage because it's not about our Chinese heritage because we've recognized that Garden of Eden wasn't in China. So think logically about who gets to sit at the table. Okay, along with that one, anyone here like clams or oysters? Okay, you don't eat those either, according to Scripture. Because in addition to the unclean who come and pollute your camp, anyone who eats those seafood, you also take outside the gates and stone to death. Because they're unclean because refrigeration wasn't there. And if, everyone has, if anyone has ever taken apart a clam, you'll see that little thing. So everything that's in the water gets filtered through. So we now write into the story who gets to sit and eat and what they should eat. But friends, here's the bigger lesson. Who serves? And that means we have to always go back to who sets the table originally. That it is God's table. We don't get to determine who should eat and who shouldn't. We don't get to determine who sits where. Unfortunately, we sometimes put ourselves in the place where we hire someone to serve instead of recognizing that we're the people called to serve it. But if it's God's table, then each of us should be serving and not because of the cursories or colors of skin, and not necessarily because God somehow reached in and stole Adam's spare rib to make the women to serve. So quoting Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. So if God calls us in community, into society, without regard to who we are or what we have, shouldn't we do likewise? As communities called together by Jesus Christ, we even have the example of service. From the one who, at the head, kneel down to wash feet. So friends, our job is to continue to help God set the table. And be willing to put in a few extra leaves in the table, if need be, to expand it. Use logical and faithful reading of Scripture. 
be willing to challenge some of the things we think we know, to open ourselves to some of the things that God is willing to show us. And then, friends, have faith that the God who expanded five loaves and two fish invites us to remember our full and true heritage, whether it is over stony rocks, roads that we have trod, or whether we have lived in lives of privilege. We have to remember and believe that God is able, regardless of our skin color, our hair texture, because God looks at our heart and our relationships. And black history and white history and Asian history are but a mere small piece of God's expansive history, of which we are all heirs and called to be teachers. So thanks, friends. Uh, I challenge you, go count how many times people should be stoned for various things and find that most of us will get stoned to death. Not stoned, because I live in New Jersey where they changed the laws. <laughs> so friends, thank you, and continue to live your The church say amen. We want to thank Brother Danny Thomas for sharing with us and uh, for the Peace Center for the work that they do. Amen. You know, God has uh, blessed us here at Second Baptist Church at Doylestown with an awesome dance ministry. Uh, they do an awesome job. And uh, we are going to ask if our liturgical dance ministry under the direction of Sister Richarda, amen, that they are going to come at this time. So let us welcome the liturgical dance ministry of Second Baptist Church of Doylestown.
thank our anointed dancers for Christ, which is our liturgical dance ministry here at Second Baptist Church, for the uh, beautiful job that they did, amen, and just looking at all that energy <laughs> that they have, and praising God uh, for to have some youth and, and vitality, amen, amen. Uh, we are blessed today. Um, we are scheduled to have our instruments of praise, and uh, which uh, uh, consists of uh, three to four cousins uh, playing. Uh, a few of them are out sick uh, today and cannot join us, but we do have one that is here. And uh, Brother Keith Womack, amen, is going to represent, and uh, he has his saxophone, and, and he is ready to uh, offer up a song. Amen. Let's welcome Brother Keith Womack, representing the Instruments of Praise. Good morning. 
to bless the spirit. Blessed to be in the house of the Lord. I was watching a, a Tyler Perry movie last night. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was preaching. And he said, Lord, I want you to help me. Help me when I'm on my way. Help me while I'm waiting. And I started thinking about that. He stopped talking about earthly things. But he talked about, help me, Lord, while I'm going through your word, while I'm studying your word. Open my mind, open my heart, Lord God, that I may be able to be used by you. So I say this morning, help us, Lord. For we are your children. We're, you gave us life. And you asked us to come and worship and serve you. So this morning, Father God, as we go into prayer, we thank you for this day. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity that you present to us every week. And Father God, I just want to say, Lord, help me. Bless our pastor, Father God, that brings the word, whether he feels like it or not. He brings it in a way that you give it to him, that we might understand what thus say the Lord. Father, we ask you this morning to bless our congregation, our visitors, bless our community, O oh Lord God. But we know, Father God, that the word said that you are worthy of all praise. And how can we praise you, Lord, if we don't love you, if we don't know you, if we don't trust you, Lord? We have to know you who you are, Lord God. Become in a relationship with you, Father, that whatever we do, give you praise, give you honor. Lord, I thank you this morning. Father, I ask you, O oh God, as we go in this, this morning, Lord God, that there are those that might be sick this morning. There are those that may be in hospital, Father God. There are those, Lord God, that may have lost loved one or just, oh, Father God, just didn't feel like getting up this morning. Lord, we ask your blessing upon them. We ask you, O oh God, to bless the, uh, uh, the congregation, the community, and Lord God, we pray again that you would help us, Lord. We still have this COVID. We still have other diseases, Father God, high blood pressure, cancer. But Lord, I know that you're able to do all things. I know that you're able to say, cease, and it will cease. But I also know, Lord God, it has to be in your time. So Father, we ask you this morning to look around this morning. There may be someone here that have not yet received you as their Savior. There may be someone, here, Lord God, here that's are looking for a church home this morning. Let a word be said this morning that might influence them to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Use me, Lord God. Just like you said, use me. I said that many years ago, 40-something years, and I'm still here in this same building. Nobody says, people say, you don't go to church. For 40 years, I said, yes, you do, if you like where you're going, if you like what you're getting. As the man said, God set the table for us. He set this table here for me to come and to worship and to serve him and be a servant unto you. So I thank him. I thank him for just letting me be a part of Second Baptist and this community. We ask for Father God again to bless the sick and sad and bless the word today that's going to be preached, O Lord God. Open our ears and open our heart that we might hear and do what to say the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Brisbane, on the prayer. We're going to ask for our sanctuary choir to come at this time. Amen.
Let's give the Lord some praise. What a mighty God that we serve. Amen. We want to thank each and every one of you for joining us uh, for today. We thank you that you thought it not counted in our robbery to get up this morning to make it into the house of the Lord. And just for celebrating with us in this year's Black History month events. Amen. We really have had an awesome month this, this month, and we are so grateful and thankful. All of the great moments of black history presentations that we had this month, uh, starting with Sister Sharita Lee, uh, sharing what Black History Month is all about. 
On our second Sunday, we had an informative presentation by Sister Joan Toller on Sankofa, to go back and get it. And on last Sunday, we had our youth presentation by Destiny Nadu, and she spoke on uh, Michelle Obama. And today, just concluding our Moments in Black History with an awesome presentation by Brother Danny Thomas from the Peace Center on a place at the table who sets, who sits, and who serves. Amen. We also want to recognize our anointed dancers for Christ. Amen. For honoring us uh, in the Lord in dance, as well as our sanctuary choir, and to our musicians, Brother Keith Womack. Amen. Uh, Pastor Paul on the keyboards, and Brother Kiss. Chris Gall on the drums, and of course, Deacon Smith, who handles all of our AV needs. Amen. So come on, let's give the Lord some praise and thank you. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have come into this place. We have gathered in thy name to worship you. It is my prayer, God, if there's someone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you personally in the pardoning of sins. We pray, God, that upon your word coming forth, someone will cry out this morning, Lord God, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? For we ask this in the mighty, matchless, marvelous name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Y'all been too quiet this morning. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. We serve a mighty good God. Amen. You know what? Have you ever thought about what it means to be a member of God's family? Uh, Brother Thomas was mentioning some of that in his presentation about the fact that uh, it is important for us and we ought to make sure that we are counted in that number to be a member of God's family. And, you know, being a member of God's family is more than just coming to church. You know, it's Deacon Brisbane mentioned in his prayer, it's about serving God and allowing the Lord to uh, work through you. It's more than just coming and listening and to the songs that are sung and the preach word that comes and the teaching. Uh, matter of fact, think about it. Is it any different to you than belonging to any other group or club? Amen. When you think about coming to church, it ought to be different. On last Sunday, I spoke about priorities and the need for us to put God first in all things. You've heard my motto many times. If you're too busy to come to church, then you are what? Too busy. Amen that we ought to make some time for God today. Uh, is there something more meaningful, something more depth to it all when you think about all that the Lord has done for you? Thinking about all of the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. I don't know about you, but I just came to give God praise and thank Him this morning for His blessings. Amen. I want to share with you a word. I know we are well into our time for this morning, but I just want to share a, a brief word with you found in the book of 1 Peter. If you all be so kind to stand with me, 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to lift this morning verses 9 through 12, this King James Version, the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. We find there a passage of scripture where the apostle Peter helps us to see that we are chosen by God, amen, to be his representatives in this word. Listen, if you will, to the words that are recorded there. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him 
who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I want to lift that ninth verse. Listen, if you will. The ninth verse says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, tell him you really are somebody. Tell your neighbor this morning, you will see some of y'all think you're already somebody, but you really are somebody. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You really are somebody. Amen. You really are, church. Some, don't you let anybody tell you that you ain't nobody. Amen. You really are somebody. Amen. The Apostle Peter, in just a few short sentences, tells us things that ought to feel volumes about being a member of the family of God. Because when you look at the text, in the first place, Peter tells us that we are a chosen generation. Amen? Chosen from eternity past to be included in God's family. The reality is, is that God knew each and every one of you before he laid the foundation of the world. He knew who would respond to his call, and he knew who it is that would reject his call of salvation. Amen. And it was before eternity started that he began making plans for your eternal destination and your eternal home. And so what's amazing is that God loved us so much from the beginning that he had already preordained to send his son Jesus to die personally in our place for the sins that he knew that we were going to commit. I don't know about you, but I thank God for Jesus Christ. I thank God for the plan that the Lord has in our lives. I thank God that he died on that cross for our past sins, our present sins, and as well as our, somebody say it, our future sins. Amen. And God's love is so strong, church, that even you were, even if you were the only sinner on the face of the earth, Jesus would have still volunteered to give his life just to save you. Amen. The, church, the truth is, church, you have been chosen. Amen. And just think about for a minute what that really means. From out of all the millions and billions of people that ever lived, God personally chose you. You really are somebody. Amen. You are a child of the king. And as a child of God, you're considered by God to be royal priests, belonging to the royal priesthood. 
We're not royalty where we are to rule and lord over other people, but we are priests to serve God. Amen? God has an assignment for each of us, and that is to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world in which we live. Amen? I don't know about you, but I know I know some folk that need to hear about Jesus Christ. Amen? And if we're going to tell the truth in here this morning, not only I have some folk, who in my family who need to hear about Jesus, but I'm sure you do as well. Amen. We are to live holy lives that are acceptable to God. And we are to live them as a sacrifice for what he did for you. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful and thankful for what the Lord has done for me. Can I ask you this morning, is anybody grateful? Is anybody thankful for what the Lord has done for you? Amen. In other words, church, you've been blessed. Amen. And when you think about the blessings of God, we ought to give God some praise and we ought to have some joy in this life in which we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah this morning. Because some folks think that they have to work real hard to please God by doing everything that he likes. Amen. And to them, religion is a burden. Amen, somebody. It's unenjoyable and it's no fun. Have you ever run into somebody like that where religion to them is a burden? Amen. Every time you see them, their faces all frowned up and look like they're going through something. Amen. And claiming that I can't have any fun because I'm a Christian. Amen. But listen to me. God didn't ordain religion to be that way. Amen, somebody. He designed religion to be first and foremost an intimate and personal relationship with him. That's what it's all about. Uh, Sister Elaine mentioned about our Bible studies. Amen. We talk about this in our Bible studies all the time, that you have to put your Christianity into practice. It's not going to happen just by osmosis. Amen. That you have to determine in your heart and your spirit that you are going to serve God the way that God asked you to serve him. Amen. And the reality is, is that we ought to have some joy in serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you're going to serve the Lord, then you ought not come in here with your face frowned up and, and all. Because when you stop for a moment and think about the goodness of God and everything that the Lord has done for you in your life. I don't know about you all this morning, but my soul gets happy when I think about how good God is. When I stop for a moment and think about what the Lord has done for me, realizing that he brought me up out of the muck and the mire. And if God brought me up, come on in here, somebody, God can bring you up too. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 9 that the family of God is a chosen generation. And he also says that it's called a nation. And if you look at the text, it tells us not just a nation, but a holy nation. Listen to what it says. The word says, but you are what? A chosen generation. That you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him who have called you, hallelujah, out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. Amen, somebody? Did you know, listen to this, did you know that only God's people are called a holy nation in the Bible? Only God's people are called a holy nation in the Bible. 
all the other groups are, are called just uh, 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 that live. They're just uh, called people or lands or Gentiles. Amen. But God's people are called a holy nation. And a nation has a king. And for God's nation, he is the king because God rules supreme in our lives. Amen. He's the king over every nation of holy people. Amen. And every one of his subjects, if you believe and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are one of his subjects. Because every one of his subjects are holy. Amen. You're only one. You're, you're one of God's subjects. And in the sight of God, church, you are holy. Amen. The text says that this nation, this chosen generation is made up of a peculiar people. Amen. Whatever neighborhood you grew up in, you knew some folks who were peculiar. Amen. In your community. Amen. But I'm talking about the Bible. I ain't talking about your relationship out on the streets. Amen, somebody. But how many of you know that you are considered peculiar because God thinks so? Amen. Webster's Dictionary describes peculiar as being unusual or distinct from others or exclusive and unique or belonging primarily or distinctively to one person. It also describes it as the property or privilege that is exclusively one's own. Amen. Peter says that we are a peculiar people. And when he uses that, peculiar means that we've been purchased. Church, as a believer, you have been purchased from the world. Amen. You have been purchased from sin. You have been purchased from a sure eternity in hell. Amen, somebody? And see, that's what makes us so different from everybody else. We have been forgiven of our sins. And we have been made holy by God. And so when I think about that, I get excited about it because I know that God didn't have to, but he did it because he loves me and God loves you. Amen? We've been given a blessed hope and a reason to rejoice. When you look around in this world, there's not a whole lot of things that you can rejoice in this world, amen? But when you stop for a moment and think about how much God loves you and how much God cares about you and what the Lord has already done in your life, and you look back in your past and see that God was there, when you're looking here, living in your present, and you know that God is there. And can I tell you this morning, God will be there in your future as well. Amen. All you got to do is ask him. Amen. And so, church, that's good news. Amen. That's the kind of news that make you ought to want to rejoice and to give God praise and thanks for being God and God all by himself. Amen, somebody. It's the kind of praise that comes in you that you want to just praise God morning, noon, and night. Amen. Amen. Has anybody ever stopped for a moment and think, thought about all your day and, and what God has done for you? And you woke up in the morning and you started giving God praise and thanking God for being God all by himself. Amen. Because God has given us that unspeakable gift. God has blessed us with his spirit. Amen. When you receive and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you asked God for repentance of your sins and you invited him to come into your heart to live and to move, when God moves in, y'all heard me say before, when he moves into your house, God is going to rearrange your furniture. God is going to do some things. 
He's going to move out some of that old stuff that you had, stuff that you've been holding on to, things in your past. But God is able to take your past and shape it in the present, and you be a blessing in the future. Amen. So when I stop for a moment, and when I begin to look back over my life and realize that God is a mighty good God, do I have a witness in here today? Do I have anybody that's willing to testify this morning to the goodness of the Lord? Of what God is able to do in your life. I declare this morning that when you turn it over to Jesus, God is able to work some things out for you. Can I ask you this morning? Has the Lord ever worked anything out for you? Has he ever made a way out of no way for you? Has he ever lifted you up when you were down? Has the Lord ever made a way and made your path straight? So when you think about how good God is, when you look back over and say, God, I thank you for all of your blessings, we ought to give God some praise. We ought to thank God for his blessings. We ought to lift his name up on high. We ought to give God the praise, the glory, and the honor. We ought to lift our hands this morning and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for all of your blessings. God, I thank you for all of your love. God, I thank you for being God all by yourself. God, I thank you. I thank you this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you this morning. Thank you, God, for being with me every step of the way. I wish I just had 10 feet in here who don't mind giving God praise, who don't mind saying hallelujah, who don't mind lifting up your hands, who don't mind saying, Lord, I love you, who don't mind giving God praise in the house of the Lord. Come on and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Stand with me for a moment. Stand with me for a moment. Hallelujah. You see, we need to start telling somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Tell him that he's an excellent God. Tell him that he's a mighty God. Tell him that he's a marvelous God. Tell him that he's a wonderful God. Tell him what it's like to be in fellowship with God. Tell him how you feel special when God is on your side. Tell them that you ought to be called out of darkness and now I walk in the light. Hallelujah. Tell him that he's saved your life. Tell him that he's helped you be a parent. Tell him that your marriage can become a blessing. Tell him that God has given you hope when you thought all hope was lost. Tell him that he's given you a family. Tell him that how things are different in your life. Tell him how you can imagine your life today without God. Tell him that Christ has made a difference in your life. Hallelujah. Church, can I tell you this morning? You really are somebody. Tell somebody and tell them you really are somebody. Now, now take the pride out of it. Take the ego out of it. And just tell somebody you really are somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Lord, I want to thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Come on, somebody get the Lord. I feel some praise coming on. Oh, I feel a shout coming on, Pastor Paul. I feel a shout coming on. Come on, come on in here, somebody. I feel a shout coming on. In the goodness of the Lord, somebody to give the Lord some praise. Come on and give us some praise. I'm going to turn Pastor Paul loose, because I know he got a shout for you. Go ahead, Pastor Paul. Come on, put your hands
somebody here today. The Lord has put a shout in your heart. A shout in your life. And the Lord is speaking just to you. You know, when I think about the goodness of the Lord and all that he's done for me, my soul gets excited. And because one day, one day, we shall wear a crown. One day, when it's all said and done, one day, when you were standing, as it were, on the banks of the Jordan River, looking over into yonder, realizing that God has his hand outstretched for you. Maybe there's someone here today and you don't know Jesus personally and the parting of your sins. And the Lord is speaking just to you. This is the time to give your heart, to give your life over to Jesus. If the Lord is speaking just to you today, just come forward now. Give the preacher your hand, but in essence, you're giving Christ your heart. Amen. Maybe you live in this community and you're searching for a church home, a place to be able to use the gifts, the talents, the treasures that God has so richly blessed you to give it back to him. Amen. What better day than now to submit to the Lord? Amen. Is there one here today? The Lord is speaking just to you. You're not here this morning by accident. You're not here by coincidence. But God ordained that each and every one of you here to be here this day hear this word, to have this opportunity to surrender your heart and your life. Amen. If the Lord is speaking now, just come. Don't you let anything hold you back. Just come. Just as you are. Amen. Is there one here today? Amen. Amen. I'm going to extend this just a little bit longer. If the Lord is speaking just to you, come today just as you are. We would love to have you. Amen. Because we serve a mighty good God, amen. We serve a mighty good God, amen. Is there one? The Lord is speaking to you. Just come, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. What a mighty God we serve, church. You are somebody, amen. Come on.
present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. Through the only wise Savior, our God, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. And Lord, we ask a special blessing on the food that has been prepared for the nourishment and the strength of our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. 